thread. A singular thought expanded upon. Thread is the podcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. For more information, log on to Quinley.com. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread, episode 63. And I want to give a warm mabuhai to our Filipino listeners on the Edge FM all over the Philippines via satellite. And uh, we love the Philippines, love Filipino people. So many of our dear friends are from there, and we're actually in the Philippines quite a bit every year. Three of our kids were born there, so this is our second home. And we want to say welcome to you again. Uh, I want to announce again that we've got an Android app. If you go to the Android Marketplace, just look up Thread by Chuck Quinley. You can download the app. It's got a lot of different features that I think you're going to enjoy, so please check that out. Also, the Facebook page, Thread Podcast, so we can interact with one another. Well, if you don't have your Bibles, you're going to need them today. We're in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. So we'll give you just a second here to get your Bibles and come back for today's Red The former account I made, this is Luke speaking, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the end of the earth. And now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner, as you saw him go into heaven. Okay, with a passage this large and to try to keep these podcasts to 15 minutes, I'm not going to be able to cover everything. So let's just say the heart of this first 11 verses, and it's actually the, the key to understanding the whole book. It's all in verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, that's the that's the core of what we're talking about. the The whole notion that the church is not just a human organization; it's not just a another uh, version of Jewish religion, but that this is something entirely new, where God, by His Spirit, has broken into the age. 
and he has brought the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ and through the, the birth of Christ and the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, the Father has brought his kingdom, his rule has been reestablished in the world and it will go life by life. It will spread home by home, city by city, until it will blanket the entire world. There will be people that enter the kingdom of God from every language group, every possible skin color and uh, ethnic background, all the tribes, all the nations. We are moving toward that picture in the book of Revelation of God's big rainbow-colored family. That's why he made the world in the first place. And so now we are we are firmly moving forward with that plan of God that he will redeem the world and he will bring the people back to him. And it starts with this, this transfer of anointing and power. It was Jesus alone on the earth as God's sole representative in the world doing miracles, signs, and wonders. How? Under the power of the Holy Spirit. He limited himself in the incarnation to rely just like we rely on the Holy Spirit. And he says now, I am going to transfer. Actually, the Father is going to do it. The Father is going to transfer the anointing that I've had and the mission that I'm on is now going to be your mission, and you are going to be God's representative. There won't just be one representative of God on the world, on the earth. There's going to be Thousands and thousands, you guys are going to be God's new representatives. And everything, he said this in the Gospels, everything that I have done, you will do those things too. And you will even do greater things because I am going to the Father. And so the understanding we have about what the church is, is that Jesus is enthroned in the heavenlies at the right hand of God with all authority and power and dominion over every dark spiritual force in this world. And he now, through his church, through his people, is ministering to the world. We are his hands extended, his eyes, his lips, that God is using his people, animating them by the Holy Spirit's power, and we are on a mission. And the mission is very clear. It is a mission to be the witness that this is true, that God has come in Christ. The kingdom of God is real. It's happened in my life. He's now my king. I live under his dominion, and I have liberty from the powers of and the bondage of this world, and I am a different kind of person now. I'm a witness of that. That's my main function in the world, is I witness to the reality of what Jesus has done and the coming of the kingdom of God. And that witness has me and using my words and my actions and my transformed spirit to speak the very best communication I can into the world. But that witness is insufficient because no one knows if it's just, uh, you know, I'm just a sincere guy. I'm just a really loving person, maybe misguided. They can't know if there really is a God unless that God steps into human situations and he ministers with miracles, signs and wonders that humans can't do. And then people look and reference, wow, there is a supernatural element to this, uh, this messenger's life. It's not just a normal person. It's not just a, a better than average, nice, kind person. But 
there is a mighty God at work. There are miracles. We can't account for these things. And so you can't, that's why you can't take the miraculous out of being a witness. We can't say, well, you know, I don't really do the miraculous, or that's not really part of what my church believes in. We don't get a choice in this. If we are the disciples of Jesus, we are called to be witnesses. And that witness involves the Father working with us to demonstrate and to prove that it's real by doing miracles for people. And this is everybody's calling, and this anointing is on everybody to be a witness for God among your friends at work. Now, we can talk about this maybe another time. Uh, Everybody is not listening, and we will see in the book of Acts that everybody doesn't listen to their witness. But you are a witness nonetheless. It's It's no fault of yours if they don't receive the message. They didn't always receive the message from Jesus himself. So everyone's not going to listen, but I need to speak. And if I can speak to receptive people, then even more I can be sure that the seed that I'm sowing is not going to fall you know, in the wrong place. Now, as, the, as this power goes forth, and he warns the apostles in verse 4, don't even think about leaving Jerusalem. You cannot do this ministry on your own power. You do not have the resources. And even if you were amazing in your ability to communicate, and even if you would do great sacrificial things, it's not a sufficient witness. And Paul was very, he was very uh, concerned about this. Paul said, you know, I'm good with words. I have, a, I have a power as a communicator. And he said, but I don't want your faith to rest on my presentation of the gospel to you. I want a power of God to be manifest. I want you to see God at work through the Holy Spirit and know that it's not even about me. It's There really is a God who's trying to talk to you. And that's the, that's the conversation that has to get started. You guys start talking to the Almighty God and not having, a, not having the church as your go-between to God, not having a pastor as your go-between. You don't need that. God doesn't want that for you. You know, even the sermon that, that you go to a place to hear an official message from God, open your Bibles. He will speak to everybody that is his child. You know, it's the beautiful legacy is that everyone in the body of Christ can turn to the Father and get revelation and get anointing, and get power, and be used by God. Uh, It's not a professionalized uh, vocation. This is what it is to be a Christian. This is first century Christianity. And Jesus says in verse 4, you've got a mission. It's my mission. I'm passing it to you now. Don't even think about leaving Jerusalem. Then he says in verse 8, which is the key to the whole book, You need the strategy where you start with people who are just like you. You're going to start in Jerusalem, and then you're going to move to people who are pretty close to you, but they're a little different from you. That's Judea. And then there are people who are half like you and half like a whole other group. That's Samaria. And then there's the world. These are people, and that's where I live in Asia. They have no Christian background. They don't know one Bible verse. They don't know the Bible stories. They don't even know who Jesus is. And that's the ends of the earth. And that, frankly, is a lot harder evangelistic task than to witness to people who already know a lot about the gospel. So that's why you start closer to home, because now you build a support base, and then you can move yourself out, you know, with power. 
And uh, so, there, you know, it's beautiful mission strategy, and people have followed this over and over again. Verse 7 is, is very interesting. He says that God's plan involves two kinds of, uh, two kinds of divine planning. The first one is times. The Greek word is chronos. These are dates on the calendar, the day you were born, the day you meet a certain person, uh, the day you die, the day it's a date. It's in God's calendar book by his sovereign plan. It's been put there. Your future has been mapped out with certain dates, not only dates. His kingdom goes on dates. There are things, you know, 9-11, you know, that's a massive date. It's a message to America, and I really hope we're listening. That was a huge moment in our nation's history. Those are Kronos. And then there's Kairos, seasons, where something happens. It's like a new wind is blowing, and a new chapter starts, and a new era begins, and there's the season of visitation. You know, we went through that in the Philippines. There were 15 years of amazing Holy Ghost outpouring, and we saw a new church planted every eight hours, for 15 years nationwide, it was a Kairos moment. You can't make those happen, and you can't know the dates. Jesus says, because they want to know, and Jesus says, this is God's big plan stuff. You don't get to know that. There are Kronos moments when God is going to make sure you are in the right place, and his church is going to be positioned at the right moment. God did that, and the day hits, and you are on the stage. And there's kairos. There are times and seasons. There's persecution seasons. There are great harvest seasons. There are miracle seasons. You know, then there's just good old hard work grinded out seasons. And Jesus says, you don't get to know when any of those is ha- are happening, but know that it's in the plan of God. God has this all planned out as long as you, verse 8, will walk with the Spirit, open your heart, and be filled with with God's Spirit. And that's the message I want to leave with you in in this episode, is just to say, let's all judge ourselves and say, Lord, I don't want to do the things I do based on my hard work alone, my human effort, and my systems alone. I really want in everything, large and small, to be walking in the Spirit. I want to set aside time every day. I want to say, Lord, I understand it's not by might, not by power, it's by your Spirit. Fill me now and use me. That's all for this episode. Don't forget, we have an app on the Android Marketplace now, thread by Chuck Quinley. Also, a Facebook thread podcast page. If you want to interact with me directly, just email me, chuck at quinley.com. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you. Till next time on Thread. Thread.